What book? Oh, res- a region responds to J.D. Vance. Appalachian Reckoning. <laughs> I reckon. I've reckoned enough with that motherfucker. Yeah, our only mention is to drag us in that book. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. I sent y'all the pic. Finally, some, I sent you the receipt. the right kind of press. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the w- that's what you want. You want. Um, How do we get dragged? It's from that fucking piece. Oh, okay. you know yeah, who yeah, wrote yeah, a long yeah, time yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It quotes me, sounding like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> you don't got to get up too early in the morning to do that, sis. I'll tell you. Yeah, that's that's true. Well, yeah, that's the fa- the thing about last week's episode about the environmentalism and how it's like. The more I'm around, the more I just see all the interweavings of like. It was not wholly unrealistic for like the traditionalist workers party to think they might be able to get a foothold here, using like. (laughs) I used to think, oh, that's crazy. People aren't going to buy that shit. But honestly, they were able to find housing for dozens of white supremacists like that. Wait, wait. So are you saying they they would have a footing here or no? No, I mean, I don't. I still don't think they would have had a footing. But it wasn't wholly unrealistic of them to think that they could find a footing here. Especially based on national media about us. I mean, that's the whole point. National media, but also if you, I've been taking a deep dive the last couple of days about just how cozy the environmental movement is with the eugenics movement. Mm. I don't doubt it. And like you know how they came here with the whole like eco socialist like thing that they were trying to sell like coal miners and shit on. Who the like traditionalist the TWP? Yeah, really. Yeah, like an eco-socialist. What were they saying? Because my whole it's like the, an eco-socialist, like fascist program. It was like eco-socialism, but for whites only. <laughs> I mean, you. All, I heard. I listened to this episode. What y'all are talking about? You know, I so. Oh, rarely that's the one you li- in. I so rarely tune in. Yeah, Tanya listened yeah. to it. Finally, listened to an episode she's not on. And I only listen to the ones I'm on to make sure you didn't cut me to sound like a fucking idiot. <laughs> It's only for actually, uh, sis. It's usually the other way. It's usually we have to cut you <laughs> to make you sound so that so that i sound better <laughs> okay that i'm just tuning in to make sure you cut me to sound good yeah well that's literally why i don't I'll, although i let tons of terrible stuff fly that you don't cut out <laughs> well, and I, I listen to it later and i'm like why you leave that in there i hardly cut anything out anymore Lazy. sometimes i'll be walking on the walking trail and i'll be like oh that thing i said was kind of problematic maybe i should everything everything we say <laughs> at this point Everything that proceeds out of our mouth. Yeah. But I'd almost <laughs> wished I was on the episode with y'all, but we can talk about it today. But, I mean, the stories I could tell you just from my my tween years in Mountain Justice, them motherfuckers were, half of them were eugenicists. Really? Whatever, how you say, yes. Okay, the, f- the very first meeting of minds of, like, a Mountain Justice diehard and ap- an Apple shop was at an ASA conference. Buddy, I'd have to be about 2008 or something, 2007, so 2008. Oh, oh, yeah, over a decade ago. Hell first time. Hell I was still in college. Right, that, the first time that they I never met. Never heard of Apple. Was at a ASA um, session, Appalachian Studies conference session that AMI was running. Uh-huh. So it was like literally kids showing media they had made, <laughs> and this son of a bitch. Named Matt. It's always Matt. Oh, Georgia Matt is what they called him. Georgia Matt? Yeah. He was a eugenicist? 
for a while apparently he finally come around uh but he yeah essentially yeah uh, hey everybody had a eugenics phase in college <laughs> well, get off I mean, your high basically, horse basically the women in his life had to beat it out of him and just be like dude you can never say this out loud again and mm-hmm. you shouldn't be thinking it in your mind either so yeah. what was he saying was he saying like he, poor women should get sterilized or yes some shit? yes he said the key he said the biggest problem in the q a here he goes in the q a the the good old this ain't a question this is my uh, thesis I'd like you to react to was the true problem here is overpopulation. That's overpopulation here? here, yes. <laughs> yes, here. Overpopulation. The true problem true problem in a place where people move away by the tens of thousands every well, yeah. year. No, no, I've, is overpopulation. I don't know how many times I've had liberal environmentalists tell me that, that the problem here isn't that we need to get more people to move here. We need more people to get out of here. And that, like, I, I don't know. Like, there really is a Venn diagram sort of convergence. Liberal, of, a lot of liberal environmentalists hate the poor. That's the bottom line. They hate yeah, the poor. They think yeah. they're a scourge. And that's why. There, and the deep, the deep of that is before hate, it's scared. They're scared. If you ever, I mean, I literally, <laughs> I don't even want to get into my KFTC days. I get into it. Get into it. I'm not doing that. Get in there. But you can literally, like. <laughs> We would if get we in there. Yeah, just uh, get in there. If it was just, just <laughs> an initial call, like someone's like, uh, "My water's, my wells fell out. I know it's Tico. Somebody come up here and do something." You know, it's like that's mm. usually the calls we'd get. It wasn't like they've poisoned my well, <laughs> which is what the KFTC newsletter would say. And anyway, it was just always <laughs> that, like a, that. That actually that actually sounds like the name <laughs> of a newsletter: poisoning the well. Yeah. <laughs> That sounds like an environmental news. It was like they'd call and be like, hey, they've dropped the well out down here. Please come fix it. <laughs> you know, it's like we're not trying to sue nobody or create no waves. Just fix our fucking water. But anyway, there were just multiple times that I would go out there with people from wherever the fuck. And they would be terrified. If it wasn't like a dog barking that they were scared of. And then later on when they would like report, you know, they wouldn't say much. They'd just be quiet and tiptoe around when we were like walking around the property. And then later in like a meeting, like a staff meeting report back, it'd be like, I'll never forget. This is verbatim what this one guy said. And I was just sitting in my chair like, what is wrong with this dude? He said, it's rare that you see this level of poverty. And I was like, come home with me one Christmas, bitch. I was just in Bell County. Literally, what are you talking about? But, like, what, like, in what general? Bad? It was like they had trash. <laughs> it's like, uh, the issue here is that they live out in Pike County and the, they don't have trash pickup. You know, it's like, come on, what the fuck? No, we didn't have p- trash pickup anywhere here till the 90s. They don't have trash pickup. They don't have <laughs> sewer or water run to their homes. Like, this is a structural issue, you idiot. It's not something they did. Yeah. It was like, that, it's like they the, think... <laughs> Poor people. The level of poverty. <laughs> yeah. They think poor people are so mobile that they choose to live in shabby conditions. Like, and they never, like, put the city and state governments and the federal government on the hook and, like, the co-operators. Yeah. Are it's always the poor people who notoriously dictate their own future. Well, there's something about, like, rural areas that makes it, uh, makes that convergence of environmentalism and hatred for the poor, like, just blend so perfectly because... I think pe- liberals really literally do think that rural poverty is just a choice. It's just like, well, yeah. you could just move and go to the you city. You could move. You got the, the <laughs> <laughs> why, why choose to stay here? <laughs> <laughs> that is a really... Or 
even even when I mean, God, I just don't even want to get into it. It's too depressing. It's fucking still January. We gotta. Well, January's been the longest <laughs> year of my life. <laughs> the funny thing about this, though, is these motherfuckers who are. I was just talking yesterday, um, or might have been two days ago. I don't. I don't remember. I was just talking the other day to this guy who. Uh, lives in central Virginia, is involved with like organizing target workers and all this. And we were talking about Anthony Flacavino's campaign. And um Big Flag. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah. He ran against Morgan Griffith and like, Yeah, he's uh, run like four times now. He's <laughs> <laughs> the, the Harlan Tootie Seals of, of Virginia. <laughs> yeah. Well it's funny because a lot of these same liberals who do have a supreme detestation for Mass movements, and by that I mean like mass movements of poor and like working, working people, class politics. Right. uncontrollable that, movements, like that they don't have a yes, they don't yeah. have a rope on. <laughs> if they ain't got the leash on the bitch, it right. ain't it ain't it. They, yeah, they hate it, they detest it, and so like it's funny how it's like on one hand these people will be like, I don't understand. You know, he's got all the perfect branding. You know, he he was there at Pittston. He he organized farmers. He, you know, he wants a just transition and all this. It's, it's like, like it's like let me tell y'all something. Hey, Bernie was out there, and we still shit on Bernie. What makes you think we're gonna let Big Flag slip through? That? Well, but also though, at the same time, it's like he has no base because he probably he like I said deeply mistrust poor and working people, yeah. most of whom don't vote anyways. Right. But no one's made any actual effort to cook, organize these people into a base. Now, here's what they because do. Because they hate people. Here's what they do. Here's what They're they incredibly do. misanthropic, I guess is the point. No doubt about it. Here's what they do. They, on a whim, it's just kind of like this Starbucks dude, the Howard uh, Schultz. Bert, Schultz. What did I say about that? Howard Schultz guy. It's just like they take a whim, and then they think we should all just... Yeah, hell yeah, he's the man for the job. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just because by virtue of who they are, mm -hmm. and uh, it's a really thing. It's like the hubris of the rich to think that they should be in positions of power is a pretty amazing phenomenon. Like Michael Bloomberg, this Howard Schultz guy, like they have no clue how deeply unpopular they really are, right? Because they're surrounded by their fucking focus group, fucking yes people. Yeah, <laughs> they fucking you know fan their balls all day. Well, in. look, if there's anything I've learned, it's that. Um, it's that the poorer in working masses see straight through branding. They like they have no illusions about what they like they have to gain or lose or whatever in sure. sort of electoral politics, and so they see right through the fucking branding every time. Yeah, and I guess the I guess the point to tie that back to like our sort of you know. Because a lot of these people don't have a politics that's based in sort of like poor and working, you know, people like invested in their sort of development of class consciousness. The only logical me leap that you can then make is that, well, let's just kill them all. <laughs> let's just sterilize them all so they can't reproduce anymore because yeah. that would that would solve the issue of poverty. Well, this, yeah. this mountain justice <laughs> motherfucker, he was fresh off. Uh, the cutting table himself. He had just been snipped himself, and so he was really riding a high about it. Oh, you know? he just got a vasectomy. Yeah, and oh he, my that's God. what he come in there yelling about his wait, own. Was he dick. like? Was he like? Was he like? I'm poor and white. I, it ends now. <laughs> <laughs> he was in there. He cuts it off. <laughs> youth media presentation talking about his own dick and how <laughs> the real problems here are. Or because, or go back to his own dick. Yeah. 
Yes. <laughs> and he railed, he, he railed on it so many times that Alandria Williams had to drag him out of the room. People like this fucking he would me. He wouldn't shut the fuck up. They couldn't even continue the Q&A. <laughs> you, could see, you could picture it now. I shoot blanks, <laughs> god damn it. <laughs> I sterilized myself for you. <laughs> and you. And you. I saved humanity. <laughs> and Alandria, Alandria escorted him. She was like, well, you got to go. come with me. Come with me. And she had to go out, out in the hall and fucking talk to him so they could just finish the fucking Q&A. Man, you, Stop okay, pal? talking about your dick. Yeah, reel it in, buddy. And even, anyway, god damn it. Even when he finally come around, he was like, yeah, I get it now that, like, you know, generational traditions are really important and, like, young people have to care for older people. Like, that's that. That's the only way. Like, I don't know who explained it to him this way that that, that helped him, but I was just like, <laughs> that's actually not the point, yeah, in fact. At all. At I, like, all. I, I mean, he never, it never clicked. But, you know, Mo. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. He came, he came wait, around on it, but wait, for the wrong reason. So, wait, 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 wait. It was about, it, 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 it circled back to white supremacy, <laughs> Essentially, I'm like, I don't even know. So basically, his whole justification for reproduction was just so you young people could take care of old people. Yeah, that's just, literally what he said. Just, just to maintain the white race. Dude, there are so many sociopaths out there. That's Jesus what I'm saying. That's, like, that's like these people in the community that, that like agree with us about stopping the prison, but the reason they want to stop it is because they're afraid MS-13 is going to get loose. Yeah, they're, they're NIMBYs. Yeah. yeah, they're like, not in my backyard. But no, yeah, the, I mean, my, most oh. of the Mount Justice people probably weren't that like that. But he, that that one interaction caused mistrust of Mount Justice for years. <laughs> and that's why people at Apple Shop wouldn't fuck with him for literal <laughs> years. Because the, they and my kids came home and were like, this bitch ruined our fucking presentation. Fuck this guy. He literally said we should, shouldn't be allowed to have kids. It's like, that's... <laughs> That's enough to turn you against the whole fucking ASA. Well, that's yeah. the that's um, there's several things to unpack here. The 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 most salient of which is that Mountain Justice was mostly comprised of upper middle class trust fund suburban kids, you know, crushing it out, who had a moral opposition to mountaintop removal and thought that like. The way to do it was chaining yourself to a bulldozer. It's I, even bigger um, than that, honestly. Like, I mean, all, some of these people I, I work with now and like are are wonderful humans, but we, you know, as it, as we like to do here on Tribillies, we're we're uh, painting with a big brush here. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's even more com- it's even more well, I'm not complicated that. than that. <laughs> yeah, now, we're condemning ourselves in that. Right? Yeah, is that uh, many of them in the beginning were people who had fled from Katrina. They had like rushed to Katrina, and you remember we we have an episode where we talk about the like hordes of movement of like um, of media attention on the white working class. Yeah, and 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 the we talk about how the. Um, we're just quoting ourselves now. God help us. I saw the, the calculation in your eyes. You're like, do I want to? Am I going to go here? <laughs> anyway, go, the just point is, <laughs> when the mountaintop removal, um, you know, anti-MTR movement, when they even, you know, crafted the term mountaintop removal, no one here really ever used that. But whatever, when they finally crafted this term and, like, had this whole national campaign pick up, it was in the wake of Katrina. And it was a way, it was like a way for the media mass media to like redirect these like images of poverty because it was like dry like the katrina images of poverty were drying up. right right yeah um and it was like a but look these white people are in trouble too <coughs> amazing <laughs> yeah but they had no um 
And a lot of them were like active, you know, just activist crews who had who had been in Katrina for years met there, and then right. were like, "Yeah, this is important. Let's an- <laughs> another another thing another here. thing about that set that they do." And I think it ties back into like every, uh, every progression, every growth we've had about racing class on this show is coming to the mountains to slum it for them is sort of like the entry level, easy to claim, like to put their card in the oppression Olympics. You know what oh, I mean? Oh yeah, I had so a guy I, like, like in my all these all these motherfuckers, all these motherfuckers say. My grand, yeah, my granny's from over south. You know, that's my true. Great, 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 they they basically talk <laughs> like the people that like say that Pocahontas was their great great great. Oh, it, dude, it's the thing. There, there's three types of person who does that. There's the former coal miner whose great 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 granddaddy was a coal miner. There is the one sixty fourth Native American, one hundred fiftieth Native American. You know what I mean? Who has great 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 grandfather grandma was Pocahontas. And then there is the trust fund mountaintop removal activist whose great 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 mother was from like Grayson County, Kentucky, like on the periphery. <laughs> and it's like it's like of course that's easy to claim that because this was like the like the like as far as you could go in terms of Western expansion. <laughs> Like, saying, Kentucky like, was like California today. Until, so, you know? until the peak of Ellis Island, this was it. It was it's, like, yeah, I don't even know. Like, this is the <laughs> only place to come. Just like, I want to meet a guy. It would be really funny because you know a lot of people who worked in the coal mines around the turn of the 20th century were from Europe, from Italy, and 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 also Syria and the Middle East and stuff. It would be funny if you were traveling backpacking through Europe and Italy, and you met some guy and he was like. Uh, yes, my great grand, great 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 grandmother, father was a coal miner <laughs> in <laughs> Eastern God. Kentucky. You're like, fuck! I can't escape it anywhere. It's <laughs> <laughs> a uh, great uh, the coal mine. It's coal mine. I cannot uh, mine the coal. Oh, many generations. <laughs> many yes, can I can I kiss you? This is my heritage. <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. So, wait, there was a point I wanted to make, though, about, about talking about The whole point of this is we were talking about y'all's last episode. Oh, well, okay. So, actually, the best example of this, and Tom brought it up on that episode, is Harry Cottle. And, and the, a eugenicist. And, yeah, and the, and the, the reason why... Put in there. And the, and the reason why, and the reason why a lot of these liberals come to the conclusion that eugenics is the only answer is because they have... Zero world, like they, like I said, they deeply hate people. They're misanthropic. They hate mass movements. They hate politics that aligns with the poor and working people. Communism, that's yeah. what communism is. Yeah. Like that, they, 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 they don't have a politics. That, that. So, like, they, for them, you could just stamp them out. You could just eradicate them all. <laughs> just be like, well, we solve poverty. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all, I, I, I saw a ghost. I saw the ghost of Harry Cottle this weekend. Interesting. He lives on. I we had an Apple Shop screening at the Speed in Louisville, and I was going to ask you about this. Is it? Oh, it went great. Before you go into the story, I gotta say, is it true that y'all have his dick in the under glass over there at Apple Shop? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and in fact, it's missing. <laughs> but you found it in Louisville. <laughs> found it in Louisville. 
um, this, this you know, much older man will sit in front of me, and I just went out for the Q&A because I've seen the film plenty of times, but um, they were doing the Q&A, la, la, and this guy raised his hand, and before, the, the curator knows who he is, the curator, the speed cinema curator, and he says, oh, yes, and we're so happy to have Harry Caudill's children here with us, oh. and I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sitting right behind him, I got a picture, a sneaked one over the back of his bald head, but uh when he when he opened his mouth, I swear to God, he sounded exactly like Harry Cottle. That deep, deep rasp. Right, right. You know. Uh, yeah. The Scotch-Irish. I mean, he speaks, yeah. <laughs> oh, the Scotch-Irish were a hearty So deep. <laughs> where he was like, <laughs> and I could not believe it. It was like Harry Cottle was sitting in front of me talking. <laughs> I, I was, could not believe it. I was going to ask you about that because, um, man, the All-Stars love those Apple Shop screamings, don't they? I didn't see. I didn't you see anybody. Y'all, y'all, y'all did one twenty-one C. Did one at speed music. Where y'all, the f- all we, the okay. all the bougie like, yeah. I didn't see no y'all stars stars that I knew in Louisville, but um, oh, yeah, wow. we had. They were there. They might have been there. I don't know, <laughs> but it was a packed theater. We packed it out. It was free screening, but we are having monthly screenings at the Speed Art Museum, Kentucky's largest art museum, every month this year. Oh, go find Tanya every month. Come and see me. If you're in Louisville. Go find Tanya. Yeah, check me out. Um, and then <laughs> T- tell her that she's your favorite, like you tell me and Terrence in the DMs. <laughs> Sons of bitches. Like every one of you tell us every single time we meet you. <laughs> that I'm the favorite? <laughs> every time. Oh, yeah, we're fucking. Oh, it's cool Just to meet you guys. Chop Chop liver. Liver. Where's she at? <laughs> anyway. God I love damn. it. I love so it. Please come tell me in person. But yeah, no, the 21C event is this weekend. Or oh. next, next Thursday, the 7th. What are you screening? Actually, I met with Caroline today, and we're thinking of pulling out some archival deep cuts. Oh, really? Gary Stewart, goddammit. Oh, that is say. good. We should pull out say. Gary. For, I'm a, okay, I'll tell her tomorrow, because we got a few, a little bit of wiggle room. But it's like a few. We're going to show Nimrod. Okay. Um, well, you should. Uh, I'm pulling out some deep cuts. I'll tell you another deep archive. cut that would blow people's minds, the Hazel Atkins one. That the guy that yeah. did uh, one, Wild and Wonderful Whites did when he was at Apple Shop. Yeah, I should pull that out, because... Uh, it's That's a good one. Is it long? It's not. It's not an it's hour not long. long. It's, no, short. it's short. You should. Yeah. What you oh, need I to should. do. What you need to do is that would go over well there. Screen yeah. the entire speech that Robert Byrd made, <laughs> <laughs> denouncing dog fighting. <laughs> <laughs> insert that here. I'm gonna make a note for you to insert that. Footage there. All right, I'll insert. Have you I've seen never it, Tanya? No. It's so funny. He's. It's Apple Shop footage. No, it's no. it was on C-SPAN <laughs> footage. Yeah. He's like barbaric. He's like 98 when he's doing it. He is so old. He's (laughs) out of it. He's shaking. (laughs) He's shaking. Dog fighting? I I told Tom. Tom Tom sent it to me last night. And so I watched it, and I watched like a minute and a half of it, and I was like, surely this is about war or something. And I go down to the caption, and it's like Senator Robert Byrd denounces uh, denounces dog fighting in support of his dog fighting bill or something like that. That was that was the last hill he died on. You, I swear to God. Here's the funniest part. Here's the funniest part though. There's this like long pause, <laughs> thirty <laughs> seconds at least, and he goes, "Barbaric." <laughs> he's got a he's got a a paper in his hand, and he's like, "Barbaric, barbaric." Well, and you know you can tell because Robert, towards the end of his life, Robert Bird's. <laughs> here's where you here's here's the thing about Robert Bird. Robert Byrd was a former Klansman. 
Like, horrible, horrible fucking racist. Mm-hmm. And then towards the end of his life, he was so brain diseased, he got woke. <laughs> <laughs> Why did that happen to the Maverick? I, I don't know. He, he, like, that's the thing, because I knew he was opposed he was like the only senator opposed to like the iraq war and i knew that and so i thought that was maybe what he was he was he gave a very eloquent anti-war speech like it takes 90 years for the human mind to fully (laughs) evolve by that time you die and then you're but but the body has has fully eroded by the (laughs) well but you could tell by the end of his life he fancied himself like a roman senator he would give these oratorical Barbaric. Yeah. <laughs> Barbaric. He thought he was I fucking just, Cassius. I, enough. Just, I would give anything to see the origins of Robert Byrd's interactions with dog fighting. Like, where did he see a dog fight? You know, this is a man who's who's, who's Grew fed. up Beckley. I'm sure he saw plenty of. <laughs> totally. And you think it took him till he was 90? Cause I, I feel like in his last 40 years, he did not come into contact with any with dog, dog fighting, no. People were feeding him his meals. You know what I mean? <laughs> Wiping him. Yeah, like <laughs> he right. was not he was not in the sh- dog fighting. He wasn't in the streets where you typically would run into And so, dog yeah, so what sent him over the edge at 90 <laughs> about dog fight? You sure wasn't cock fighting? No, it was dog It fighting. was 100% dog fighting. Cock wow. fighting, he wouldn't have called barbaric. He yeah. would have just been like, yeah, people. This is some good old boys. It could have been, now that I think yeah, about it, I need to check the, the date, but it could have been the Michael Vick thing. Maybe. Oh. Could have been, yeah. I feel like that injected dogfighting oh, in the national that consciousness. Makes sense. Yeah, that could have been that, racist. Yeah, okay, uh, that's right. the last time I remember dogfighting being in the so national this, consciousness. So this was rooted in racism then. <laughs> <laughs> so we've come There's from so brain disease you woke to old habits die hard. Yeah. yeah, what's the what's the what's the consensus on Mike on Mike Vick? Um, I have none. I <laughs> I barely remembered <laughs> what you just said. I don't know. I ain't even go I ain't touching this. You're not touching that one? I mean, oh. it's uh, you know, it's like fucking chicken fight right here. Everybody fucking chicken fights, and I don't chicken fight. It's Tom. just that we love dogs so much that we share our lives with them that it just seems more. <laughs> yeah, it's barbaric. I know. <laughs> the training of these poor creatures to turn themselves into fighting machines is simply barbaric. 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 Let that word resound from hill to hill and from mountain to mountain, from valley to valley, across this broad land. Barbaric, barbaric. May God help. Those poor souls. Well, I'm just in love with Louis so much, and he looks like the kind of dogs that get fought. Oh, yeah. And he is the sweetest Hamus. Like yeah. Buster, I could see bucking up on somebody. Buster's got a fucking attitude. 
Who's Buster? You know, Buster the dog. The Buster, oh, Buster, dude. Yeah, in our, in our canon. Literally, yeah. Buster. He is <laughs> the most popular so trip many, He's going to get so many angry tweets about oh, Buster. Yeah. Oh, yeah. At man. this motherfucker. Yeah. He, don't, he don't give a fuck about Buster. <laughs> <laughs> he's fighting Buster out back right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I don't have a lot of regard for any life, really. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure that <laughs> this past week, Buster brought a girl dog over to play date with Louie so that they could fuck her oh. together. <laughs> I, I, mean, I can't swear by it because I didn't let him in the yard because I thought it was... Hey, bro, you trying like, hey, try to do this with the devil's three Literally, I think so. I was like... Yeah, the devil's trying. He always tries to fuck Louie. How he, would that work? How is... would dogs do double penetration? You think that uh, uh, one of them would have to get on its back God, I immediately and get regret it this. <laughs> I'm immediately regret Bringing this Could up. you imagine a dog being on its back and trying to get it underneath? My God, and then man, what's wrong? With <laughs> just stop. <laughs> stop him. Just do something, Tom. Just deeply, deeply <laughs> diseased <laughs> as he is. God, God damn it. My God. Um, anyway, I, I literally have no idea how we got here. Back, okay, let's backtrack to Robert Bob C. Barrick. Oh, we were talking about the deep cuts Bob that Barrick. I was choosing. So we got Hazel Atkins, Gary Stewart. Those are good ones. Well, right now I'm showing Hazel. I'm showing Hazel Dickens because um, Alice Gerard is playing. Okay. At the gathering, Lexington Old Time Gathering. Mm. Oh, is that what it's there for? Yeah, it's the kickoff party at 21C. It's been a fitting shop. And I actually have pulled together quite the silent auction of... uh, Unique Man. and rare Apple Shop finds. You're so really? good at that kind of shit. I'm just like, oh, fuck yeah, I've been digging. I've been digging in the depths. Tanya's good <laughs> at okay. at shit. You're just good at like doing shit. Like whereas I, I just get paralyzed by, uh, like, um, I get overwhelmed. And so anytime I gotta like organize yeah. anything, I'm not an organizer. You're just a natural born organizer. <sighs> a delegator. Full of good ideas. Right. Fine delegator. I'm the brains. You're the. I think the issue here is that You're I have no problem hearing no. So I ask people things all the time. Mm. <laughs> and if they say no, I'm like, okay. No, let's move it on. <laughs> that hurt but my can, feelings a bit. You nope, can keep it nope, all in nope, your mind. No you fucks can, to give. That's, yeah, that's why you're a good leader, Tanya. You can keep multiple things in your mind at once. Whereas I didn't get like three or four. And then I start getting freaked out. <laughs> I think I can remember a lot at once. Yeah, you can, you, you can juggle a lot of things. What'd you say? That's I, right, Tom. She juggles multiple things. My brain's just Snoopy riding a mini pony in a circle. <laughs> Constantly. <laughs> I'm of low intelligence. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, uh, the good, okay, some silent auction items I'm proud of, you will like this. I convinced Herbie Smith to offer a one-on-one guided tour of Letcher County. That's good. I've oh, had one of those. those people. Don't you think they'll eat it up? Oh, they'll eat, they'll eat it up, and it's well worth it. If you're well in this shit. fucking yeah. worth it. So you're selling this to the All-Stars? I don't know. Whoever's at 21C, hopefully people with a lot of money. Mm. That's worth a grand, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um, I got a Whitesburg Airbnb to donate two nights in Whitesburg. Which one? Blue Roof Cottage? No, my landlord. Oh. He's put my house for sale. Mm. I literally responded to <laughs> wait, a text. That went from a ringing like, wait, wait, wait. bit on this to that son of a bitch. I well, wouldn't stay it's with a it. Great, it's a great house, but he's a prick. Your house is the Airbnb. No, not my <laughs> fucking house. He's a sl- you get two nights at Tanya. <laughs> Nay. Nay. No, he has a, you know, he has a bunch of houses and shit. Anyway, he put my 
fucking house on the market. And in response, he said, he literally wrote, don't freak out. I sent y'all that, didn't I? Yeah, the weird thing that I didn't understand (laughs) about. Not a big deal, but I'm selling your house out from under you. (laughs) What I thought was interesting about the price he asked for was that it was 69,900. It's just 100 short of. Deeply, deeply. Disease. What he should have done was put it up for sixty nine thousand four hundred twenty dollars. That would be much better. That would be much better. Dumbass. They would also still be deeply diseased because he's kicking out Dummy. his tenants. Yeah. Yeah. Still, still deeply diseased. But you could have had a lot. He's at doing it. this to pressure me to buy the fucking house. Man, landlords are. Oh, people yeah, think pre- that if you have a job in this town, you you have money. <laughs> and you really, it's really kind of true because it's the only. Yeah, it's like oh, you got a job. You, you can buy yeah, a house. You, got a job. you can afford any damn thing. Right. As opposed to me. Before, uh, we, before we get too far away from 69, I was washing my hands in the bathroom last night and had a funny thought, covering my, or brushing my teeth, washing my hands, brushing my teeth. And uh, I was thinking, <coughs> what if you were in a situation with a sex partner <laughs> and you just leaned over and whispered to the rear and said, let's do 69. <laughs> And you phrased it exactly like, not that you did it, but like you just did. Hey, you want 69? I feel like I've done that. I've done it too. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, what else do you do? (laughs) But it's more, I'm more enthusiastic. I'm like, that's 69. Because we're already (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I've done that too. No, I, but the thing is, you get up in the rear and whisper, you try to be sexy about it. Oh, Oh, yeah. How funny that would sound if you're trying to be sexy about it. Hey, you <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Maybe that'd be creepy. I don't know. I feel like I've said the exact thing. But, well, maybe but here's louder. how you guys say Maybe it. I didn't whisper it. You want to do 69? You want to do a 69? <laughs> yeah. You want to do a 69? Uh, 16, that's what those dogs did. What's funny is that dogs. yesterday I saw a tweet Western. that said, it was like someone had Googled, this might be, <clears throat> maybe someone uh, just made this image, Some whatever. It's, it was a Google of days since... January January first, two thousand one. You see this? It was like it's been six thousand nine hundred sixty nine days. Sixty nine thousand nine hundred and sixty or sixty nine thousand six hundred and ninety six. It was six nine six nine six thousand nine. I think. Hey, whatever. Anyway, (laughs) fuck it. But I screenshot it and I sent to Michelle and I was like, "We missed our chance to sixty nine this morning." And (laughs) sharing that on the pod, huh? message it was a text message i thought your tweet this morning was very funny but my internet i didn't have internet so i <laughs> couldn't like whatever it. you two are you two constantly reference my internet presence say that oh yeah i saw that but you didn't like it whenever <laughs> you <laughs> never <laughs> like anything but you you mentioned it to me later and i'm like i couldn't like it so i couldn't like it i was uh, had no internet i just <laughs> saw it <laughs> There's Wi-Fi coming out your ass. You're on the internet all day long. I, was at I don't Clear believe that a bit. Community Institute. Well, I uh, I don't really know what my excuse is. I think the last time we had this conversation, my excuse was, I don't like anything. And Tom goes, It's right. He doesn't like anything. <laughs> anyway, it's. I'm not, gonna fall back on that. I one. literally wouldn't notice it until you all literally mention mention fucking pictures and shit to me mm. or tweets, and I'm like, okay, mental note, we mental note, everything. We're just gonna like everything. Yeah, mental note. Stop telling Tanya about all the tweets of hers I read, but don't like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> it hurts my feelings. <laughs> No, um, I have a lot of hurt feelings that are not about tweets. Yeah, <laughs> same here. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> luckily, luckily, same. my hurt feelings aren't about tweets. Same. Um, <sighs> you had a pick our own adventure set up for us, Terrence. I did, but I think we'll have time to do them all. 
I think we'll have time to do them all. But actually, I'll save one of them. Okay, well, fuck it. I'll do a... I'll do a Give us some prompts, I'll, baby. I'll do the Pick Your Own Adventure, and you can decide which one you want to do. Honestly, I think we should probably do the ones... Uh, the I'll tell you which ones I think we should do. I think we should do... I have two articles here. Are these prompts? Oh, okay. No, these are... I was like, are you going back to somewhere we've already been? I have no idea. This was the most... These are reads. Spun out. This was the Wikipedia game um, where we just bow- we just yeah. went six steps to... Well, there were two hilarious coal miner stories in the last couple days. Um, one was demonizing regulations actually hurts coal miners. A new study finds that being honest about the decline of coal can increase support for the training and relocation of miners. You're looking at me like you want to kill me. We could dine out on that, but let's let's try something more challenging. And then there was, uh, <laughs> and then the the tandem, you, you would have to do these two together. Out of work Appalachian coal miners train as beekeepers to earn extra cash. Oh my god! <laughs> I'd be happy oh to god. tackle that one. You that want to tag up, Bernie? It's been a while. That one's pretty good. Been since Rook 2014. But then I have a whole other direction we could go in too. Okay, I well, I I think I already choose the other direction, but. <laughs> I wonder, I wonder, because you know, I just feel like at this point, everything that, every piece of media that comes out has been run through a equation. Right, right. And I wonder how many more views or likes or whatever, how many more taps you get if the beginning of the headline is out of work. <laughs> I wonder like what that, what that is in the equation. And what that does for you. Yeah. Well, people love out of work coal miners. I know that's what I'm saying. Out of work anybody, really. It's like they love those, out of work. They do love an out of work. I mean, I told you all right First after the election. Out of work coal miners. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. For the for the entirety of 2017, I would say one out of five calls to Apple Shop was someone saying, "Yeah, I'd like to speak to an out of work coal miner." <laughs> Like y'all, y'all uh, are the unemployment office for yeah, call. I literally was like, call the unemployment office. Like, I don't know what, like, what the fuck. I mean, if it was like a big, if it was mm. like. Well, now they're training as beekeepers, which the story itself is pretty funny. Uh, I don't mean that to sound like callous or insensitive to the plight of out-of-work coal miners. But um, just to give you a sort of rundown of that story, um, the way that they're doing this. So you, you remember a few years ago there's that huge settlement with Alpha Natural Resources because of uh, they're violating the Clean Water Act. And Sierra Club got them to put all the money from that settlement into a nonprofit called Appalachian Headwaters. And so part of the thing that that n- entity does, and this is part of what my essay was trying to get at, was that it they funneled all this money into that's my my boom, my uh, oh, speaker. Okay. I was going to play the Robert Bird thing. They funneled all, funneled all this money into these nonprofits that then, like, they I guess because they feel guilty and bad about killing coal jobs, and so they funneled all this money into these nonprofits to, like, retrain coal miners. So first there was coding, then there was, like, Silicon Holler. How did we get to beekeeping? Now we're at beekeeping. What was, I just want, <laughs> I just, my question is, what in the calculation was like, let's give beekeeping a whirl. I don't know, but the funniest thing about this story is that it is, like, for, if you have 20 hives, that might get you 15000 a year, maybe, maybe. I think it's a big reach, too. Here's why, it's, 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 it's seen as dangerous. These are already people who love you're dangerous right, you're work. You're right, you're right. Um, it's it's um, cultural. It's particularly dangerous for me if I were out of work. I, I, cultural. I'm allergic. You're right, cultural. It, it's connected to an identity. They You're might right. be able to cling on to that identity they since they've lost their identity <laughs> as the coal miner. 
They have yeah, lots of land. True. Land. You're right. It, it hits all the boxes. But here's the just the, transition here's people. And love. you get to wear a weird hat. <laughs> <laughs> they love weird hats. They coal do. Coal miners love weird KKK, hats. KKK, coal miners, beekeepers. <laughs> all of them. Same hat. <laughs> same, same hat. Same hat for all. Everyone food. knows reflective, you mine. You mine coal with hard <laughs> KKK hats. God damn it. <laughs> and they're producing. <laughs> They are ultimately producing. He's going to edit that out. Let's hope. No, I'm I'm just laughing. Could you imagine a bunch of coal miners wearing KKK outfits and they come out of the mines and they're just <laughs> they're just covered in soot. This is not funny. This is not funny. I think that's pretty funny. It's not funny in the. It's not. Yeah, it's no, not sure. funny, funny, but it's kind of funny. Oh, God. <laughs> I was just going to say, in both occupations, they're producing a precious resource. You're right. Honey and coal. Here's their miscalculation. It's been said that coal miners are kind of like chimney sweeps. Mm -hmm. Beekeepers are also like chimney sweeps. Bro, in the, in the 60s, my grandpa was doing beekeeping just as a side job. As a side, It's never the family. Been, so if you didn't inherit the family trade. <laughs> I mean, it was just like... He probably had like maybe ten hives or something. It's never been something that's profitable. Yeah. People do it like on their farms and it's stuff. Kinda like, it's kind of like it's kind of like putting together model ships there. more than like making money. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. It's just kind of like something you do. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I don't know that that that. Uh, I guess they're running out of ideas, but uh, <laughs> well, that was clear a while ago. We're gonna see how how far they can go. We're gonna see the craziest, most remote. Also, idea. journalists are running out of ideas. <laughs> Is this a notable story? I mean, really, is it like five people? Yeah. Five no, coal miners decide no, look, to Tanya, be beekeepers. Literally one, two, three, four, five. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Five people. And the first the first sentence of this, just like his grandfather and father before him. They love that too. James Cyphers. Oh, they love been emotional shit. Yeah. It's yeah. been almost two decades mining coal in West Virginia. It is what it's it's how when Terrence goes off about nostalgia and authenticity and shit. Well, the thing is, everybody tees up these fucking articles like that. Well, I think, and this is not the place to sort of get into this, but I think that. um, What is the place? (laughs) (laughs) I think that I've spent a lot of time thinking about this in the past couple weeks. But I think that a large reason for this is because in rural communities you have to uphold a sort of conservative social order of things, which which and, is which is a gross error in judgment. Well, and I think the way that they do it is by elevating these masculine jobs, these skilled masculine noble jobs, over the sort of service industry women's work. Yes, exactly. That's like unskilled, Quote, but requires 15 fucking hours a day just grinds them into just nothing you know what i'm saying like for the conservative sort of social order to work in rural places they have to make sure that there's a divide between coal miners the noble professions and the unnoble you know ignoble professions like service industry workers and even nurses and teachers you know what i'm saying like that's essential and that's why that's why these just transition people, as they try to keep chasing this like out of work coal miner thing, they're just reproducing the same sort of social dynamics and, and relations and shit yeah. that just sort of bolster that conservative worldview. Uh, I, I saw Willie Dotson say something that he said. Uh, I believe in entrepreneurialism's ability to change the world about like I can spell it. 
And I thought, <laughs> man, but what you and I just say that to say like you're seeing that more and more people in this world we come out of are rebuking that idea that it's almost it's irresponsible. Which has got which which is what got me walked at lunch the other day. <laughs> That's exactly what the fuck I said. At lunch, you don't remember me? No, I do. This is something I don't... It was literally just like, this is why I'm so fucking irritated whenever entrepreneurs are touted as some goddamn solution, like the free market's going to save us. You can mm. dump 50 Gs on everybody around here, and it ain't going to flip this Wouldn't fucking... matter. No. Would not matter. It gets you through maybe a year of... I'll tell you this. I'll It'd ta- take 50 Gs to get me out from under medical and education debt, bitch. <laughs> like, oh, oh what? <laughs> I'd, still, I'd still be in the red. <laughs> Like, what is your deal? I'm just going to come clean, and I ain't proud of this at all, but I was in management once. (laughs) I have the word director in my title. You were also a politician one time. Am I the only goddamn pure one here? You are. You're the only one. You take the moral high ground. I I was never elected. You're the only one that's been consistent (laughs) with your views like Bernie Sanders. Oh, please. (laughs) And And I will say this. Like, when everybody starts this entrepreneurial stuff, I ran like a venerated business in this region, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the ultimate. What is venerated? The mecca of yeah, the all star like culture. Respected. Um, okay. You know what I mean? Like, worshipped. It's sacred. Ooh. Like like the temple. Kind of like the Rupp Arena of bars. The Rupp Arena of bars. My God. You know what? When I describe that establishment, usually what I say is if it, if it were a horse, we would have shot it. <laughs> that is my catch line about this establishment. Well, I'm saying, I'm saying in the day, in the day. Mm. And so let me tell you this. Here's the reality. It's like when you're out there and you're working in this Appalachian Just Transition stuff and you're encouraging people that don't have capital to get into entrepreneurialism, you, my friend, doing the encouraging need to be drug out and shot because you're setting that person up for for failure. Well, and it's embarrassing. The funny and it's thing embarrassing is, that we're putting all of our eggs in that and selling that bullshit. Well, the funny thing is, is there's institutional forms to actually bring that into existence, my friend. There are microloans. There are nonprofits that exist to function as banks that just prey on poor people and give them loans and then exert the exact same kind of like institutional pressure on them when they can't fucking pay those loans back. It's yeah, fucking right. bullshit, man. You're right. Anyway, point being is... I just can't is, stop envisioning all the weird shit that happened to you when you were trying to manage. I can't talk. Oh, there's a lot. There's a, You could feel a whole episode about <laughs> oh, it, really. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, it's not the place for it, but... <laughs> Well, I I uh, I was chewed up and spit out and booed off stage. I think <laughs> every night, every <laughs> night of my life for three goddamn years, almost. <laughs> Most of the coal miners are hardworking people. I'm sorry I cut you off. You're gonna say something else. Well, anyway, the thing is, it's like one thing I'll say about management is you're just a foot soldier for a rich guy, and that's something I had to learn the hard way. That I was a bootlicker. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then the other thing, too, is that, like, even if you disagree with my position on that, I was running a venerated business that was, like, well capitalized. I mean, I had to fucking browbeat, you know, the owners to give me money every month. But, like, if something like that can't be successful and you're running ship shape and the best the best I ever did, the best year I ever had there was losing $30,000. And that was the best year they had since the first year they opened. <laughs> well, there's a contradiction here because a lot of these people who tout these same things 
are also beating their head against the wall, wondering why Democrats and progressives can't win in these areas. And it's because, like, like the, the sort of institutions and economies that they've set up, are, they, they preclude any kind of a base for people that would theoretically vote for, like, left-leaning politicians. Well, it, 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 it's, it's true. And then the other thing, too, is and I threw out an earnest tweet, which I always get embarrassed when I throw out earnest tweets. I have to, it takes me two <laughs> days. When I throw out an earnest tweet, it takes me two days to shake the shame off. Give me up. an example. Well, anyway, I said something about <laughs> Brett Stevens was talking about like come like Venezuela being a socialist. He uh, writes for the New York Times. This guy, yeah, this conservative mm-hmm. guy writes for the New York Times, <laughs> whose dad is a fucking petrograd in Mexico. Um, anyway, uh, and so like he's just talking, you know, extolling the virtues of capitalism and saying this about Venezuela. And it's just like here is the capitalist version of that. Like Venezuela, and I know, I know. Like we said last week, I know squad douche about Venezuela, really. But I'm saying, like, if indeed it is the catastrophe that these fucking fuckers would have you believe that it is, like, if you come here and you can see that capitalism is just an abject failure, it's, uh, it's just, it should be shot in the head if it was a horse. Yeah, we'd have shot it years, <laughs> years ago. Yeah, put it right on out of its misery. <clears throat> It's like I'm going through communications director uh, interviews right now, and they are fucking painful. But I can't help but remember the last round of these we did a fucking year ago where we couldn't find nobody. And we interviewed a girl in California who said she literally kept mentioning, she said that she just is so attracted to the agrarian lifestyle. Whoa. What agrarian lifestyle? Oh, it would. <laughs> I could name ever... you a goddamn farm in Eastern Kentucky. Well, I could name a couple farms, but they ne- they've never used the word no, agrarian. They're not farms, they're big gardens. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. It's like <laughs> whatever. Anyway, and so that pissed me off, but then then she this is what this bitch brought. I God, I wish I could track her down. She literally said, I just would love to live where like a place where capitalism really hasn't taken a hold. <laughs> like less impacted by capitalism and she was meaning like a small town like not a big city and i was just like it was a skype and i looked at my boss i said hang up hey just hang, hang up, up on her just hang up on her did you hiss at her as she was hanging up <laughs> yeah that's my usual when i see dudes in town that i hate and i don't even want to talk to anymore i just hiss at them at least three of them might have got a hiss out of me yeah it's a uh, hang up the fucking phone that's absolutely insane that is insane. <laughs> <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> so, when, yeah. Uh, you had to shake off your earnest twink. Uh, that being said, I'd still like to drown Brett Stevens in a bathtub. but mm. <laughs> The national bathtub? The national one. Mm. Um, <laughs> We're going to build a national bathtub to Republican baptize everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess that's probably about everything we could say on the... Out of work coal miners. miners. <laughs> <laughs> okay, give us our next What's adventure. The next, the next adventure, it actually ties in with the story you just told, so it works. I f- there's a game show. I feel like we're on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're you're hot today. Hot? You're on one. Like you're on fire. Yeah, today. you are on fire. Oh, you you're, you're having a good cast. Am I doing good? You're having a good cast. It's my new boots. I'm not doing. So good. I was going to comment you? on those. Yeah, they're good. Those are tight. They're waterproof. I'm not. They're like a good them. brand too, and uh, they're, they're cute and good. I'm unemployed, so um, it's funny. Like I've got the <laughs> no new boots for t- for Terrence. 
<laughs> Although Patreon day is tomorrow, so yeah, our Patreon tomorrow you tomorrow, can buy some shit. I literally borrowed money to get me to Patreon day. I was like, I'll hit you back on the first when Patreon <laughs> drops. Speaking of, go to our Patreon. Yeah. www.patreon.com slash trailbillyworks. But before we stop talking about my outfit, which I just started talking about, it really wasn't you, but <laughs> this morning, Michelle said, uh, she was like, oh, this look, you look so good. Blah, blah, blah. And, and she was like, this is your outfit that says, I'm at work, but I could be at your funeral later. <laughs> It's true. Yeah, it's very dark. I, mean, I got yeah, dark tones too. I though. could, I could be at your funeral later. Yeah, so it's like I felt, I felt so powerful mm. today. Now everyone I talked to, I was thinking I could just stand over your dead body later. Oh yeah. What's my Fuck outfit say? Me. Fuck with me. <laughs> um, Schlubby middle, <laughs> middle aged dad. Cowboy. Uh, <laughs> Goddamn cowboy. <laughs> But I play guard and tackle. I guard the water bucket. <laughs> tackle him back. Come near. Him. <laughs> That's good. Did you hear that at Dairy Queen? That's an old, a little Eastern Kentucky humor for you. Yeah, there you go. The best one, the best one I ever heard ever was uh, this guy came to sit down. and The old timers are good at setting a joke up. Dude, they'll, they, they'll sit down they'll just because they don't have anywhere to be no oh, it takes all day they, they get theatrical oh with it though. this guy came he sat Bob down Eric. he goes <sighs> <laughs> so what is it Paul he said but he said boy of mine <laughs> he came in the other day and Paul's wife you know he's one of those old men that just you know Bring some young women around and just sugar daddies on, you know, keeps buying them margaritas and stuff. <laughs> and they're never going to have sex with it. Blizzards. Come yeah. in the dairy Blizzards. Hey, go bring it. Hey, baby, go get you one of Go get you a dilly bar. Go get you a dilly bar. Hell, you play your cards right I'll buy you a box. There you go. A box of dilly bars. He said, uh, he said, uh, that boy of mine came in here and he said, Dad, he said, you've been getting any strange. He said, I looked at him and I said, hell, it'd be strange if I got any. <laughs> <laughs> but he set that up for the, you know, I mean, he made it a big thing. Bob Eric. Bob Eric. God. Maybe that's what Robert Burr was trying to do. He's old, so he's setting up a, no, he's setting up a bit. Ja- yeah. yeah. Bob he's Eric. setting up a bit. Oh. He, his long game was to land himself on the Trail Billy Workers Party. <laughs> Let's go dig his grave. He Let's go it. dig up his remains. Oh, my God. We'll do, like, on how high. Like, we'll just grind his remains up and smoke it. And, oh, uh, my God. <laughs> you ever think about this? You ever think about, like, just think of a random dead person and wonder at what stage of decomposition they're currently in? <laughs> no. Like Robert Bird died in 2008. Like, I wonder what he looks like Wait, right this now. this is a good was point. Was that long ago? It was a long... Yeah, it was right. Yeah, he died before wow. Obama was inaugurating. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um... Maybe 2007. That's an interesting point, though. We could talk, dude. The, oh, the Trillbillies need to do a stoner movie because the stoner, the plots of stoner movies are so half-assed. It's awesome. Like, the whole plot of ha- How High was they dig up Benjamin Franklin's remains and smoke them, and they get smart, and they well, like, I pass have their the, tests. Well, I have the perfect <laughs> set for this episode. Okay. It's that fucking clown place in West Virginia. What? Oh, the, oh, uh, the Gazoon type. Yeah. <laughs> Drag a vet deep cut. We're yeah. going to do a stoner buddy comedy of all, this thing on, at of, Patch Adams Hospital. Of all of our horrible misinformation, lies, drags. Half-truths. Yeah, just all of our... That's the only episode we ever deleted. No, actually, I deleted 
one and I, and that one's not deleted anymore. Oh, no, no, no one deleted anymore. No, one of them is still deleted. Oh, which one? It's the one that was cited against me when I was fired. <laughs> oh, did you delete it? Along with my essay. Well, I didn't delete it, but I just made it. Your essay's deleted? I was so no. <laughs> I was just so ashamed. I just wanted it to go away. Anyway, Gazoon Tide Institute. That's where we're gonna get really stoned. All right, and go do live interviews. Yeah, okay, okay. All right, here's your here's your. I didn't mean to make that sound so. (laughs) That was Yoko. Like that's so like that could never be done. (laughs) I have another question about our Patreon. Suddenly, I have all the premium premium episodes. Did you like unlock me or something? No, I gave you the the link so you didn't have to pay for it because you you didn't want to pay for the Patreon. So I gave. I thought it was just for that one. Now I have them all. You have them all. You have you have the RSS feed. That would be hilarious if Tanya was five dollars. <laughs> Your money just goes right back in. Yeah, I refuse. Um, all right. So wait, you didn't? We didn't actually get to go down the road of the one. I saw someone post this earlier this week, and the headline alone was like, "Oh, this is fucking great. This is great content. This is gonna be excellent." And it oh goes God. perfectly with your California girl who wants to move somewhere where capitalism, n- capitalism has, not has never touched. <laughs> the title of this piece. Uh, it originally appeared in Everyday Feminism, so you know it's going to be good. The title of this piece is Six Things Urban Feminists Should Never Say to Rural People. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> this son of a bitch sandbagged on us. He gave us the gold mine last. I was, like, I was like, man, fucking beekeeping coal miners. That's fucking so 2017. Get that out of here. <laughs> This is season four content, right? <laughs> That's next level. Bring it up. Can Come you bring on. it up? Um, I could bring it up. You want me to bring it up on here? You want to read it along with me or something? Well, I liked the visual aid because I saw in the... I mean, I got immediately what I needed out of this article. I saw that they had wrote in quotes, boots on the ground. <laughs> you know, it's like a... It was a 10 point. I knew immediately everything to know. I oh, needed to know about I, this. All right, all right, all right. So the title is Six Things Urban Feminists... I love a list anyway. Yeah, and, it, and the, the... I love a good list. The funny thing about this list... Before I get started, I just want to point out. The funny thing about this list is that there is nothing in the list that denotes any... It has nothing to do with feminism per se. It's just things that like people in the city might say, but it, it's not something that like urban feminists would say as opposed to just like urban anybody Maybe else. Around, random anybody. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and so it's, you know, for that reason, it should be... Uh, all right, so let me... Speaking of, I've got this motherfucker calling in every week to my show asking me to talk about feminism. Like, I'm obligated to because I have a, a show called Feminism. Oh, I was like, man. buddy, G-O-O-G-L-E. Uh, <laughs> um, there's the, cla- <laughs> the classic guy that, like, uh, that uh, wants to prove that he's a feminist ally, and so he just, like, wants to badger you to talk more. <laughs> Cause yeah. Because he's, he's been hogging the space up. But it's like... Uh, I got... You know, I never get phone calls in my show on Monday mornings. But I always get phone calls on Martin Luther King Day, and it's always some older guy who's like, well, uh, are y'all not playing? And mind you, I play fucking weird indie music most of the time or 80s synth pop, but every time on Martin Luther King Day, if I'm playing like old soul songs and stuff about Martin Luther King stuff, I always get calls with guys that are like, uh, what happened to the normal uh, format? What happened oh to the normal? And I'm there is no normal. <laughs> what normal? 
Yeah, they... God, y'all, today... <laughs> made the sin of playing black people music before noon. That's what it is. That just pisses people the fuck off. Okay, two hilarious things happened at WMT today. This morning was Michelle's show, and so Racist. I got I got to work while she was on the radio, so I went there and sit with her for a while, and I was sitting, like, close to her. Cause she, um, I can't remember what was happening. But she had her hand on my leg, and Red walked in, and she was like... <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I give a fuck about Not gay. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, what are you ladies doing in here? 69. And being I'll, gay. <laughs> being gay, Red. Anyway, <laughs> like, fast forward two hours. I'm upstairs working. And all of a sudden, I hear him singing. Like, he's yodeling downstairs, loud as fuck. And I know immediately what it is. And I just didn't even miss it. I mean, it's like, this is common. But three people walked by and stopped and said, what is that? What's that noise? I was like, and I was, I was stop typing. I was like, it's red, red's on the radio. And I was like, is <laughs> that red that is, on the is radio. A, a mistake of the Viet Cong. <laughs> <laughs> that is a failure of the Viet Cong of the Viet strategy. Cong strategy. <laughs> <laughs> Should have left uh, his as ass. a gap in their strategy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gap. There you go. Because they were successful, but they should have left his ass in a fucking foxhole. Oh, my <clears throat> God. If your experience has been anything like mine, I know you've probably had to walk a long and bumpy, dirty dirt road. And for those of you without the citizenship, cisgendered, and white skin privileges I have, bumpy is undoubtedly an understatement. <laughs> Well, not all of us moved to big cities. This is the article you're talking about? This is the article. Okay. <laughs> you, you find yourself agreeing with it. I'm like, what? <laughs> it, just, it just seems off from what you said we were going to read. I thought this was a fucking list. It is, it is. She sets it up. Upon um. The reason why I have to notice this. Oh, I, have I to, see the word folks. I have okay. the, the reason why I have to note this is because folks. right here. Folks. I moved from my small rural hometown in Northern California to the Bay Area because of the many artists, activists, and culture makers here that I look up to. I moved from Napa Valley <laughs> Hero to the worship Bay Area. is what made me go and join that uh, rapidly gentrifying yeah. piece of land. Yeah. Well, Na- Napa Valley just wasn't for me. <laughs> yeah. Those vineyards. No, that's never the funniest, felt at home there. That's the funniest thing about Stink this. Stink like home. Northern California. Not East Kentucky. <laughs> Not the Mississippi Delta. I'm not trying to do like an oppression Olympics thing here, but like I mean, I'm sure there's rural California, but yeah, no, I know there is. There's plenty of like rednecky like California's poverty enormous. trailer poverty, like all the kind of Eastern Kentucky shit in, in Cali. California. But anyway, carry on. Mm-hmm. Upon arrival, we tend to be greeted with a simultaneous disgust and off character from the movie Deliverance. Oh my god! Skip blah, ahead. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, number oh one. Oh my god, that didn't happen. Number she, they literally brought up Deliverance. <laughs> yeah. Are you joking? <laughs> god damn! I open my mouth oh. and they smell the racism. I, that ain't, that ain't have no you all, fucking. Have you all watched the Hillbilly movie? <laughs> no, we need to check it out and see what kind. Good, of bad, probably bad, huh? <sighs> Buddy. <laughs> I, they, I don't even care if the people who made it are listening to this. If you made it, get no, some I, new no, ideas. I, it's fine. I'm not gonna get into it. It, it, it was fine. And there was anyway. Probably the 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 best uh, story arc they had was about deliverance. Uh, yeah, I, I'm interested. To check it out and see what it's about. No, yeah, you should watch it. No, it I feels like it's been told a million it. times already. 
Anyways. It followed a story about deliverance. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Number one. This is the number one the thing. The moral to the hillbilly story was that um, all of our, everything we, all the all the faith and grit and hope we have is in Berea and Hillary Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, that's, that's the, the culmination. Yeah. Oh, boy. Wow. You know, <laughs> the older I get, the better I am at judging things by their covers. <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. It's like you probably maybe could have called it. Just, anyway, they had a really they they find the dude who plays the kid that does the dueling banjos. Oh god! And he's of course, uh, he's corralling. <laughs> you gotta watch it. He's corralling uh, carts at Walmart. Oh. He's like the buggy guy at Walmart. That'll be my job here shortly. And he tells the story of how they come into his class. Like that, he I got typecast? Yeah. Yeah. And then they used him for that and yes. then spit him out. Exactly. I had not heard this story. I didn't know this. And wow, I, that is a good story. It was a good story arc. This is, what, this is why. This was the best thing they had in that movie. That might be worth, the, worth watching. They interviewed the two of the, act, the t- main two actors. Who was it? Like uh, Burt Reynolds and Warren well, uh, Beatty. Warren Beatty. That's who it was. Yeah. They interviewed him and the director. And they get them talking about how great that movie was. And and they talk about how it's always listed on top 50 films of all time. It was John Voight. They have uh, him. John, John Voight. I don't know. Whoever fuck it was. Some old white dude. And behind him, he's, he like points out all his Grammys and shit, all the awards he's won <laughs> in the movie. It launched his career. They like got, got him saying all this. Like his interview. Yeah. Then it cuts to old boy in his classroom, which is now an abandoned building. And he's like, well, they all came in here, and they uh, looked around, they picked me out, and then they put a bunch of weird makeup on me, so they made him look like that. And and he, and he in the interview with the guy, with the actor, he says that he thinks the reason the film was so successful, God, I wish we could pull this clip from the movie, is because of the connection, the organic connection that happened between him and the young boy. The young mountain boy. It just like happened. They didn't know. They didn't know when they were filming that that would end up being one of the best parts of the movie, and that it, it would even <laughs> shake out to anything. <laughs> I've never. Let's actually review this movie. Cut, for, to, for cut to old boy. Cut to old boy, and he's literally like, I mean, he's like, yeah, they came and picked me out, put up makeup on me, la la la, and you know. I always wanted to go to Hollywood. I kind of didn't want to be an actor, but I guess maybe my time's up now. I'm probably not going to make it. He's like, should be retired, but he's still pushing buggies at Walmart. And then finally, the last thing is she says, the woman making the film, she says, how much money did you make? He says, $500. For that movie? For that movie. For that fucking movie? For Deliverance. Jesus For a blockbuster. Christ, bro. I never and, and this is after they just interviewed them smug sons of bitches. I, I bet when they saw the, that finished product, they were pissed. We got to go to Florida and take the Reynolds estate and give it to that boy. Yeah. <laughs> I've never actually yeah. seen Bert that movie. Bert it no more. That was a story arc where I was like, oh, fuck, this was good. <clears throat> that was smart. The rest of it, I got All right, so six, the six things that urban feminists should never tell a rural person. Okay, yeah, let's never. get to the list. No. Does it start with six and go to one? No, but we can do that if you want because the sixth one is the fucking hilarious most. It's probably okay, let's go one to, yeah, one to six. Yeah, one to six. All right, all right. Number one, so you grew up in White Trash Central? Would someone say that? <laughs> no, and that's why this thing is hilarious. I have never. This is no one's ever said that. One hundred percent fabricated. And the funny thing about it is that they go on to make woke point after woke point. This is infuriating on so many levels. You've never been told. Further, people of color and white folks live together <laughs> rurally in communities all over the country. 
she even mentions the Delta. She got Central Appalachia. Central Appalachia. I wonder what the link is to. That's fucking hilarious. She linked Wikipedia. No one's. I mean, just look mm. at the Mississippi Delta. No one does this. Number two, didn't you grow up with like no electricity? <laughs> I actually think I have heard that. Oh, okay. And barefoot. Fair enough. Fair people enough. have been like, oh, did they wear shoes? And this is people yeah, from I have, Ohio. I have the shoe thing. These are people from Ohio. I met at Eastern Kentucky University. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like fucking Ripley, Ohio, so goddamn cosmopolitan. Yeah. Oh, you're dating looking asses down here throwing stones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, number three, but you look so normal, and I can kind of understand <laughs> that one. <laughs> no, I never got that. <laughs> indeed, Tom and I do not look normal. You sure don't sound it. Um, number four, uh, this one's kind of makes sense. Did you actually come out as queer when you lived there? Mm. Um, complicated. Uh, number five, growing up around all the rural misogyny must have really impacted your love life. <laughs> oh, that that classic thing urban feminists love to say to people from the <laughs> rural area. <laughs> this is so weird. That line, heard it a million times. <laughs> Oh, my God. One of these might be something you might have heard. Well, before. the number five, four, people do assume, like, oh, I guess your parents don't know you're gay. Right, so. right, right. Uh, I'm not really sure. Uh, number six, though. This one was the kicker. Your family shopped at Walmart. What about the boycott of unfair labor practices? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> do you think this is things people would say? No fucking way. Nobody would ever say that. Nobody would ever say. Who wrote? Yes. I don't know. She she's a pseudonym. Anna anti palindrome. <laughs> <laughs> and not a very good one at that. Mm. That ca- that came straight off a content farm. Yeah, it did. I, yeah. Nobody oh. ever that didn't happen to anybody. No, you're And the writers probably is not from Northern California. They're like Do you think maybe a bot created that? <laughs> <laughs> is that are we is are, are bots that advanced? No, um... Don't you feel like you read something sometimes and this was obviously just, like, generated in a machine? Well, I feel like if... Okay, if the Just Transition people really wanted to give coal miners new jobs, they could... That, that would be a pretty good... Cause they this should w- turn to urban feminists. Yes, actually, this makes a lot of sense because then you check off all the boxes of the, the Just Transition people. Give them a job writing content at everydayfeminism.com <laughs> with articles like... What urban feminist should never say to an out-of-work coal miner? See? (laughs) And it would be things like, oh, my God, you don't actually mine with your KKK outfit on, do you? (laughs) Oh, my God. I've heard that the uniform's the same. (laughs) Oh, my God. Do you know? Have you heard of the trailblazers? And in the process, the coal miners get woke. As they write these articles about what rural feminists, urban feminists shouldn't say to out-of-work coal miners, they get woke because they learn about misogyny. And intersectionality. Intersectionality, baby. Privilege. <laughs> yeah. Number two thing that r- r- urban feminists should never say to an out-of-work coal miner. Oh, my God. You've, uh, you've never heard of intersectionality? <laughs> 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 Number three. Oh, I'm sorry. I should have checked my lung privilege at the door. <laughs> White lung privilege. This brings us back to our uh, episode with oh, what's her name, Katie Halper. Oh man, black lung white privilege. That's a good. That's a good one. Some of my best friends are. Some of my best lungs are black. <coughs> um. Jeez. <God> damn. <laughs> 
Uh, so that about probably. <laughs> That's a good <laughs> note to end on, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Why are y'all doing ha- an hour and a half episodes? Oh, we're at an hour ten. We're still twenty minutes from it. You want to no, do it? Right. I was late. You're right. Mm. A little bit late today, Tanya. As usual. If you leave now, you can still make it before the sun goes down. I know. We y'all better know I'm on we a better leave before Povo nineteen hits again. The sun goes down. It's supposed to be sixty degrees Sunday. Polar vortex. The polar vortex. What are you doing for the Super Bowl? I got no plans. Nick Offerman's coming back to town. And <laughs> oh, fuck. That was the last Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, last Super Bowl, Nick Offerman. Wait, Wait. We really did. There's yeah. one more thing I wanted to talk about before we close the show today. L- on a little bit of a serious note. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna, he has to move in with one of us. On a little bit of a somber note. I'm He's losing his house. Converting, yes, back to Catholicism. Um, so, there was a... Uh, there's an actually interesting thing going on right now in West Virginia. Have you guys have you guys read much about it or heard much about it? Mm. I don't know. I don't. What is it? Yeah, you. <laughs> great, great question. And it actually, glad you asked. Glad you asked. Um, this the state senate is trying to basically ram through a bill, an education reform bill, based off of the teacher strikes that happened last spring. Um, and in this bill. Is a it's basically a gun. It's uh, the, to me the best metaphor is they're just holding a gun to these teachers' heads because in the bill there's a five percent pay raise, and it and it puts money into the you know PEIA the public what was it or PIA PIA the public employees insurance agency you know the two reasons that they str- strike mm-hmm. went on strike, but at the same time. It contains provisions that increase funding to charter schools, increases maximum classroom size, and also has a, uh, and if there's another work stoppage, teachers won't get paid. And there's also a a provision that says that if any of those provisions get challenged, successfully challenged, the entire bill just becomes null and void. What? Yeah. How can you, is there any precedent for that? I have no idea, but they're, they're using um, to say if any like of any topic to say yeah I'm sure there if is any of these other things don't happen this is there probably is but the point is like I said it's like a gun to their head it's just like if they challenge any of it if they go on strike didn't or anything Mingo like that, teachers already vote to I saw do that a day out I saw that and so I don't know who knows what's going to wind up happening as a result of that um, but <coughs> what I thought was pretty you know, and some of some people were sort of messaging about this, and they were saying that the teachers are like really sort of panicked right now because they're just not sure what they can do about it. <clears throat> and I think w- the in- the most interesting thing about this, and this kind of sounds like I'm grinding my axe or something like that, but it's interesting how when the teacher strikes sort of popped off, as you like to say. Hey, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Is we that owe, what I we said? owe a great debt <laughs> to Richard Ojeda for that. For <laughs> Carry on, Terrence. Ironically, if he was still in the Senate, he could do something about this. But that dumb motherfucker quit the Senate to run, <laughs> to for, run president. for president and then <laughs> quit that two weeks later. <laughs> Stupid motherfucker. He's just the dumbest. No, he's not. I take that back. You Richard, don't think he's dumb? Richard. You think he's smart? Richard crawls a wicked wall. <laughs> well, so it's interesting. <laughs> not even entertaining. <laughs> not even entertaining. Just... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who you're talking about. 
Richard Ojeda. No, the 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 leader, leader of the fifty five. The <laughs> striking fifty five. <laughs> God damn it! I meant the second Richard. You said no, right. Richard Ojeda. So it's tough. Oh, okay. Um. Well, I guess what I was going to say about that is, like, isn't it fascinating how all the fucking New York media people were obsessed, like, fascinated, enthralled, I would almost say titillated, by (laughs) the strike when it first happened. And now it's just like, oh, nowhere to be fucking found. I haven't heard a single fucking word from them now that they're actually getting their shit kicked in. It's just, it's so... I mean, this is tip- pretty typical. It's typical, but it shows you how obsessed they are with symbols. Yeah, they're upset. Like they just love the they symbol can only of the strike to politics yes. in that way. And it, and it, and this is what's fascinating, Tom. And this is the point I want to make: is that these are the same fucking people who tell us that the only way that every American relates to politics is through symbols, and then they do the same thing, but they don't understand that the vast majority of Amer- working people don't. See politics that way at all? They see through symbols and through brands, through brands, symbols, <laughs> messaging, slogans, all the shit. And this ties back to what I was saying earlier. What we what we started the episode off with? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we, I, no. I've, anyways. Oh, what were you saying? Well, the I, the, the the what I tying it back is that <sighs> until. A lot of the people on the left understand that, like, the only way that electoral politics is going to be successful in these rural areas is through a entire rethinking of how we actually organize people. And the the point is, is that they to actually exert pressure on the political system, they need a base, and they need to fuse the working class of the teachers and nurses and stuff, the sort of skilled but you know, uh, derided workers and the other working class, the unskilled service industry workers, and th- you know what I mean? Like a, a program of sort of uniting the margins. Until you actually accomplish that, electoral politics is off the table, material gains is off the table, and, but, you know, th- this doesn't matter to any of the sort of New York media people they, they want, you know, powerful symbols. They want state, you know what I mean? They want flashy sort of out dash of dash work. Out of work. <laughs> they want Bernie's rock hard cock on fire. They want oh, Bernie's fucking rock hard cock. Oh, fucking gift. I even saw a woman who was in Cali covering the Oakland teacher strikes like a week or two ago. Um, I'd, I'd like to know how that shook out. That's What's interesting because I I didn't say anything about this, but because on Twitter because there's no way to quantify this but I do genuinely feel like there was way more sort of enthrallment and fascination with the striking rural red state people last year than there have been with these urban LA workers. The LA and Oakland and <clears throat> yeah. Yeah which is crazy because they're probably it's probably a fuck ton more people I'm sure. Yeah. Don't you think? The, the yeah. school system. Absolutely. Even, the, even though it was the whole state of West Virginia I mean that ain't no crumbs. It was like 35,000 and, and there's about 35 or 40,000 LA teachers okay, on strike so right now. Time. It's about the same but All yeah. Right. Well the a woman who was covering Oakland she literally wrote something about how this isn't a she was like I, I, you know I'm gonna slaughter what she said I'm sure but it was basically like this ain't about West Virginia and if you're only uh, understanding of striking teachers and whatever hashtag she was using is about West Virginia, you're getting it wrong. Who said that? This some some 
woman that I follow on Twitter who was covering that. Like, she was doing tons of coverage of the Oakland strikes. Oh, okay. Anyway, Elizabeth Cat tried to go after her, but I didn't follow to see how far <laughs> she took her. <laughs> see, how far, see how far the dragon was. Yeah, I don't know what happened, but... Because I just saw it, and I was like, God. That's how I follow most things. Oh, okay. On there. I mean, what are you supposed to yeah. say to that? I don't even know. I guess the point I, I guess I'm trying to make is that... uh. People need to seriously reassess what they find, why they find certain things so sort of symbolic and fascinating to them. And it's just, it's just boredom. You're right. <laughs> I'm putting ooh, way too much thought ooh, into that's this. That's interesting. I'm getting neurotic about it. Yeah, you expect LA teachers to strap the West Virginia to? Hmm, that's interesting. <laughs> when our whole history is like based in based fucking in labor strikes, like that's a weird it's thing. Whatever. It's. I mean, I can't. I know so, I have so little historical reference for essentially everything that I can't throw stones here. It's all right, you lived it. My, yeah, my you educa- lived it, God damn You've it. been there. My education greatly failed me, my public school education. Yeah, but you lived the education of life. Mm. The school of yeah, PhD. Hard knocks. The school of yeah. hard knocks. Yeah. <laughs> As a bartender. <laughs> So in rural America, that's that was our come up. That was that was our. That's why we are who we are. That's why we are who we are. Slinging drinks. I, I was literally bartending the day that uh, the first, the day after the uh, 2008 election, and uh, the first thing I heard was, "Well, did you hear what Obama declared this morning?" I mean, he wasn't even fucking sworn <laughs> in yet. <laughs> he wasn't even sworn in yet. Had to get out in front of it. Yeah, and I was like. Uh, well, I'd say he didn't clear anything because he's not been inaugurated. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all the white people are to report to the cotton fields. <laughs> That's what he said. That, that is a, a deep fear they have. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. It really is. Oh, me and Tom talked about this over yeah. the weekend. It's in the back of every white person's mind. That's the slightest impingement on their comfort. liberty or comfort yeah. is literally slavery. Mat, they is they <laughs> compare it to slavery. And this has been yeah. this has been going back till literally since the American Revolution. Yeah. They literally use the word slavery in reference to their own potential situation. Yeah. When they had literal slaves in Haiti. <laughs> We were talking about that. Like, there's been a lot of revolutions that are usually about some fucking statin popping fucking middle aged, you know, white guy with six cents in, bitching about a tax hike that he's calling slavery. When the Haitian Revolution was actually literal slaves overthrowing one of the world's powers, superpowers. It was awesome. What were you gonna say a second ago? You had your oh, phone pulled I, up. I, you know, I teased a new segment I wanted to do on the show. We might close out with this one about. All right, uh, go do it. Uh, I put out a call for examples, anecdotes <laughs> about rich people being deeply, deeply. Well, diseased. that's what I was about to say. What about our billionaires? Like, I feel like speaking of symbols, there is a lot of clinging to the symbol of the billionaire right now, and it being this. this I mean, it is a good symbol yeah. of like uh, what all what? that's wrong with Depression? the world. All that's wrong. Uh, Chad Vigors. But what happened? Nice what happened? The only thing rich people I'm, should run for is their lives. Yeah. What happened in the media for everybody to pop off about billionaires that I missed? Howard Schultz. Oh, that's Starbucks. CEO of Starbucks. Oh, right. Yeah. Starbucks, bitch. Okay, I yeah. got it. Got you, got you. So that, that's what prompted me to put out this column, plus Terrence <coughs> coining the phrase deeply, deeply Which diseased. I had to remind him of because I heard it on the radio. I had totally forgotten I even said that. Yeah. <laughs> <It was laughs> that's I how did deeply not. I did not man. forget. <laughs> 
so the one I picked, and they were all good, and it was hard, but the one I picked was from on Twitter at be my comrade. Call. Tells this story. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Ari, the rich people are diseased thing. <clears throat> I used to be an apprentice to a plumber who worked for some of the richest people in our state. Like eighty percent of our jobs were for were for like zero point one percent or in their rental properties. There was one giant house. We were in there for two days replacing a water heater and redoing half the piping in the basement so they could finish it out. The dude wouldn't let us shit in any of his bathrooms. <gasps> Holy shit. He would ask us if we had to take a dump when we walked to the bathroom, and my boss immediately gave in, so we had to drive the van through the security gate <laughs> down to the nearest <laughs> Walgreens to take a shit. Oh, my God, dude. They I'm weren't even saying. nice bathrooms. The fucker had cheap-ass toilets in them. There was one house that had to be that that had been built <clears throat> below the local water table where they used where where there used to be a pond, and there had to be a bunch of pumps continually pumping groundwater into the backyard. Otherwise, the basement and ground floor would flood. The lady had decided to retile the basement, and despite being worth hundreds of millions, she cheaped out and put limestone tile in the basement. Would have been fine, except she fucked with the pumps one weekend and flooded the basement and stained all the limestone because limestone is just a rock sponge. Right, right, right. And blamed me and made my boss fire me. What? Because she had heard me talking with the maid about student debt and trying to pay it off. Holy fuck! And said that she, quote, wanted to teach me a lesson about respecting money. Holy shit. The plus side is I got to shit on a lot of n real nice $1,000 toilets, I guess. <laughs> oh, my oh God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You have to really, really, Woo! really, really, like, I know, look, I... I didn't realize the examples would be that detailed. I love that. It I reminded me of a good example. This is a great segment. It Please, is a great segment. submit shit to Tom. This is a great Should segment. Should I hold mine till next time or do it, do it now? If you got one, go for it. We got it's a minute. It's just so good. Is it long? We have s we have it's, seven minutes. It's not long. <laughs> <laughs> Till our hour and a half tip off. I'm just kidding. Uh, okay. Speaking of Wait. us not getting media coverage. Before we move on, I just want to say I'm sorry to be a comrade. Uh, I I That is awful. And I hope that one it's day. It's so fucking awful. I hope that one day if some sort of cataclysmic rupture happens in society called a revolution i hope you get to bury that rich person up to her fucking neck in all the shit and then <laughs> put it on her face teach him a lesson <laughs> to respect money that's what's like yes the, the icing teach the her cake. a lesson to respect some fucking money anyway oh, damn it's Anyways. just the, and the fact that it's all that it all is revolving around sewage systems is even more. She would let oh all. Oh my god! No, that's one thing. That's one of the things they did in the Haitian Revolution, like to get back at the masters, bury them up to their neck, and then smear their face in sugar so they would just get eaten alive by bugs. Oh my god! This would be another. That's this would, amazing. This would be another retribution. I had no idea. This would be a, a the American form of retribution: smear their face in shit while they're buried up to their neck. And you know what I'd like to do to a billionaire? <laughs> I'd like to take the heavy top part of the toilet that you get into the little water closet <laughs> with. Oh, I'd like to take one out to a strip job where there's a high wall. Or yeah. where, there's, where there's a mine shaft. 
Not a hot wall. I've hot wall's just to too quick. To dump a body in a shaft. Here's what I here's what I want to do, and they, trust me, there's plenty of them. Oh yeah. So if you're a billionaire, don't go in the woods with me and Tanya. <laughs> <laughs> here's what I would do. Or do. I would break their fucking legs and arms <laughs> with that top to the water <laughs> closet. <laughs> And then I would drop them in the mine shaft so they could never crawl out and let them starve to death. Mine some coal, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Hey. It keeps the lights hey, on. Keep some bees down there while you're at it. Do some coding while you're down there. <laughs> let Coat the bastards, your way out of this right. one. Let the bastards freeze in the dark. God, this reminds me of some Harvey said one time when he was talking about the French Revolution. He brought up the French Revolution in a staff meeting, and I got so excited. I was like, oh, can we? Oh, this is great. But then what he said was, you know, it's not, I wasn't, you know, it's not, it's not disturbing that they lost their heads. <laughs> it's that the people lost their way <laughs> <laughs> by taking their heads. So he would say you'd lost your way, Tom. Those oh. are the people that just don't understand how deeply, parents well, just don't deeply understand. diseased these people are. Send your, yeah. send your deeply Deeply diseased. New segment on True Billies. Uh, you can just, you know, DM it to us or. Yeah, take this one. This is a good one. This is a good format. Yeah. Good. And then. Tell the whole story so I can just read it off. Yeah. A right. good yeah. segment. Here's another example. In, I think it might have been 2011, 2012, there was a horrific derecho. Am I saying that right? A what? Storm, a derecho. A derecho. A, oh, you mean a derecho. <laughs> <laughs> Duracho. Oh, Duracho. Duracho. <laughs> anyway, it, it flooded and took out like multiple communities in West Virginia. Like they be- had to beg FEMA for months to come. And like literally there are communities that no longer exist in West Virginia because of this storm. Um, and a bu- several community centers. It was, it was in a few different counties, but including Pocahontas County and like Greenbrier County where the Greenbrier resort is uh-huh. the height of american opulence according to robert Kara. well yeah mm, and yeah. you went you went out who owns the Greenbrier resort jim justice jim justice who, coincidentally we couldn't republican baptize him because he is a flotation divine <laughs> <laughs> carry on i'm sorry um two things here one about jim justice is that so people were tons of people were homeless immediately displaced no electricity for like 11 days or something and a friend of mine um, was from there who was was working in food lines. They had turned a bunch of like schools and community centers into shelters, and they were serving food daily. Um, like they were trying to have everyone bring their stuff from their freezer so they could cook it quickly and eat it because uh, everything was going bad. Yeah, it was like a whole thing. But um, the first thing is that Jim, you know, it trashed the resort, but they were about to have some kind of PGA tour thing there. Yeah, right. the Greenbrier every yes. year. Yeah, and so he puts out a call for volunteers while people are living in shelters and anyone able is feeding people for volunteers to come help clean up clean the garbage off the golf course celeste you thought we were fat shaming jim justice <laughs> there's your justification yeah, like volunteers well the thing about jim justice's size is that it's probably a result of the f- fact that his father was also one of the richest motherfuckers in this country and this motherfucker grew up on the literal silver spoon it's obscene this is this is <laughs> This is corpulence of the on the kind <laughs> that only generational millions can bring you. Yeah. <laughs> but this is the this is the real story. This is the the 
the deeply, deeply diseased example. Oh, we're not even there? No, we're not there. (laughs) God damn. That's diseased enough. While all this is happening, one of the women who was working in the food line with my friend, her phone was ringing incessantly because she cleaned houses for rich people in Greenbrier County with second homes there that lived somewhere else but had a second home near the resort. Yeah. She, she was, she, that was her, most of her work was she cleaned rich people's houses. One of the owners of the house called her all day one day trying to get her to go out to, to cross floodwaters to get to their house to see if the electricity was off to get all of their wine out of their wine cellar. <laughs> their temperature controlled wine cellar. Because it was in the summer, the heat of the summer, and all that wine was going to go bad. Oh, my fucking God, dude. You ready? Deeply, <laughs> deeply, deeply diseased. <laughs> Can these, you imagine? These motherfuckers are so soft. Like, this is the thing. Once the earth starts really, I mean, you know, granted, they're going to be able to make their own sort of like mini environments to sort of isolate themselves from the sort of warming world. Mm. You can only do so much, man. Oh, <laughs> like yeah. surely they think they can engineer their way out of coming climate crisis, but I hate to tell you this when it hits the fan, we're all going to be tugging on tea trying to stay afloat, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> or we might be literally eating you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In which case we'll be good through next winter. <laughs> oh, God. And that Fucking is a sign off. <laughs> Well, I wonder if it's the kicking his ass is the same price for kicking Rand Paul's ass. Well, less the pe- the people listening to this are like, uh, you know, the people in West Virginia. You know, the story you just told about the teachers. Well, they're getting what they deserve. They voted for them. Oh. Look, this uh, this people ties. People think that. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. First of all, rich people voted. First of all, first of all, you. Listen, we're also taking calls from liberal, I mean, like liberal disease people, too. Um, who are rich. Who are rich, let's be, yeah. let's be frank. There aren't fucking liberal poor people. No, they're actually, <laughs> I'll go ahead and tell you, you actually can't, you're actually, if you're rich, you are conservative. You cannot be left and have any stripe if you're rich because hoarding yeah. wealth is a conservative position. <laughs> and that's the hallmark of who you are. Uh, what was I R.E. our governor. Election. What was I saying? Oh, was it about Jim Justice? Was it about pe- people oh, voting yeah, yeah, against yeah. For their all interests? You stupid fucks talking about voting against their interests. They voted him as a Democrat. Even then. He swooped and swapped, first even, of all. Even then, if you actually think that people vote in this country, like that, like elections even mean anything, especially in rural areas, 80% of poor and working people don't even fucking vote. No. So who does that mean vote? Upper middle class people who identify with people like Jim Justice. Twenty percent of us can't even vote legally. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Uh, well, anyways, thank you for bringing that up because it ties it right back to the fucking teacher story. <sighs> Concentric circles. Wine. You know? Wine. All right, we gotta end this. We've been going way too long. Um, thank you for listening. If you've made it this far, <laughs> visit our Patreon. <laughs> Patreon. You on the prize of getting the pitch? If you, uh, everyone listened this long to see if we would pull their deeply diseased story. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to them. We'll, we'll get to them. Yeah, we we'll got get, a couple. Yeah, we'll they're all good. I sh- that one I think was yeah. the. 
Yeah. Well, uh, you can find us on Patreon, patreon.com, p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com, slash Trillbilly Workers Party. <laughs> motherfucker. Except there's no motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Except there's no motherfucker. <laughs> Um, maybe that'll be a tier motherfucker tier Uh, so donate $5 a month that'll get you all access to all the goddamn episodes you want to hear because I know you want to hear more on your Friday night when you're sitting at home by yourself you don't have any friends you're like me you're unemployed all your friends are ignoring you because they're on their phones all the time they have significant others Um, so anyways wow (laughs) you're like me you have one conversation a week two conversations a week Um, so Go to Patreon. <laughs> they play, they play disease. <laughs> All right, go to Patreon. Bye. We'll see you next week.